Welcome to our weekly and Episcopal Sermon podcast. We are so glad you found us. This is a live recording of the gospel reading and sermon from last Sunday's service at the Episcopal Church in Almaden. The life of this podcast depends on your listening support. If you enjoy our podcast and would like to support us, simply subscribe to this podcast on your channel of choice. Come, join us along our shared path for today's episode. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, There is a rich man who is dressed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. At his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who longed to satisfy his hunger with what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs would come and lick his sores. The poor man died and was carried away by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was being tormented, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. He called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in agony in these flames. But Abraham said, Child, remember, During your lifetime, you received your good things, and Lazarus, in like manner, evil things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. Besides all this, between you and us is a great chasm that has been fixed, so that those who might want to pass from here to you cannot do so. And no one can cross from there to us, he said. Then, Father, I beg you, Send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may warn them so that they will not also come into this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. He said, No, Father Abraham. If someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to them, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone rises from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Christ. I'm pretty sure you don't want to stand through the whole sermon, but I'm not going to tell you what to do. A number of years ago, when I was still single, I was at a friend's house for a party, and I met a very nice gentleman. We had a brief conversation and exchanged numbers, and shortly thereafter, he invited me out on a date. Now, dating in your 40s is weird. Dating is always weird, but it's particularly awkward because you want to seem sort of curious. You don't want to be putting someone in a position where they feel like they're being interrogated, And you want to ask good questions, but you don't want it to sound like you're sort of checking off a list of things. It's a whole kind of weirdness, right? So I met this gentleman for dinner, and we kind of exchanged pleasantries. And one of the first kind of real questions he asked me was, if you were to win the lottery, how would you spend your time? Now, this was sort of delightful. It was new. No one had ever asked me a question like that before. I was a little intrigued. So I started to form an answer 
And then I realized that the question was a trap. It was a trick question. Because if I were to answer that I would spend my time doing something differently than what I was doing, then I was open to the, why aren't you doing what you love now? Follow-up question. And I realized that this is a really sort of bold question to ask someone. Because what it really comes down to is, are you content with your life? Are you content with your life? I can't imagine too many people would be bold enough to ask that question so directly, but I am. And so I ask you today, are you content with your life? Are you satisfied with your life? In Paul's letter to Timothy, here's just a tiny part of this letter today. But the first part of the letter, Paul begins, we brought nothing into the world so that we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with these. Maybe not. I mean, I think the first part is true. We brought nothing into the world so we can take nothing out of it. You can't take it with you. I think that's true. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with these. Really? Can you think of anyone in your life who would be content with just food and clothing? Probably not. I mean, shelter is the next basic necessity. And of course, it's nice if that has running water and plumbing, maybe a comfortable mattress, some nice sheets, you know, a few things. We all want reliable transportation, maybe transportation that has heated seats, and some cruise control. <laughs> Maybe a few luxuries. I'm not sure I would be content if I didn't have at least a few pairs of fancy shoes. <laughs> Unfortunately for all of us in this room, we have those things. We are doing better than just surviving. We live in a way where we are thriving. But the question still remains, are you content with your life? Are you satisfied with what you have? This theme continues in our gospel today. We hear the very famous story of the rich man and Lazarus. The rich man lives a life of luxury, with fine linens and scrumptious food. Lazarus sits outside at his gate, hoping for scraps from the table. But when they die, the tables are turned. Lazarus is relaxing in luxury with Abraham. The rich man is being tormented, begging for a dip of water. Now, so there's some things about this story that I think can kind of confuse us. We need to set those aside first. Part of what confuses us about this story is that half of it happens in the afterlife. 
And we have been sort of taken off track by preachers who spend too much time talking about us, what's going to happen to us when we die. Now, I've never been dead, so I can't tell you what's going to happen to us when we die. So, but I can tell you that I have, in my own experience, in my own life, experienced the consequences of the choices I have made in the here and now. And today we're going to talk about the here and now, not what happens when we die. The second thing that I think confuses us a little bit is that it's easy to read this passage and at first glance think that Jesus is telling us that wealth and money are bad. But that is not the case. Jesus talks about money a lot in the Gospel of Luke particularly. But Jesus never tells us that money or wealth is bad. Even Paul doesn't actually say that. What we read in in the letter to Timothy today is that Paul says that the love of money is the root of much evil, not money itself. The rich man's sin is not that he is wealthy. The rich man's sin is not that he has money and fine linens and good food. The rich man's sin is that he lacks compassion. The rich man's sin is that he spent his life in pursuit of his own comfort and well-being while ignoring the well-being of the people in his community. And the man who sat outside of his gate just hoping for scraps from the table. The sin of the rich man is that he lacks compassion. And Paul and Jesus tell us the consequences of living that way are. They tell us that we will never be satisfied, that we can chase after our own comfort, trying to fulfill our own desires and wants and cares and needs, but that that will just end up causing us pain. We will never, ever have enough. And Jesus tells us that if we lack compassion, we will dig a chasm between us and one another. That we will dig a chasm between us and God. That we will find ourselves alone, begging for mercy that cannot reach us in that divide. This gospel takes us right down to the heart and soul of Jesus has always taught us that the two greatest commandments are to love God with your whole heart and your whole soul and your whole mind and to love one another as yourself. That the greatest sin is a lack of compassion. That we and we are showing love and mercy and compassion to one another. That we are living fully into the kingdom of God. And we know this. This isn't news. We've experienced this. We've all had an opportunity to care for someone who needed us. Someone we loved, someone who was a friend, someone we didn't know. We have all shown compassion to someone in a way that made an impact for them, that changed who we were that brought us joy and life and love that is unparalleled. 
For some people, this changes their life. Some people dedicate their life to service once they have experienced that feeling because they just can't get enough of it. The deacons around us are great examples of that. But what about the rest of us? Are we supposed to sell everything we have, give our money to the poor, and live in a tent by the river? Are we doomed to be unsatisfied? I don't think so. I don't think that that's what Jesus and Paul were telling us to do. There are plenty of stories in scripture, particularly in the New Testament, of people who are wealthy, who lived wonderful lives. Mary and Martha were wealthy. And almost every time we encounter a story of them, they're feeding people in their house. Joseph of Arimathea, who's mentioned in all four Gospels, is described as a rich man, and not just rich, but also powerful and influential as a member of the council. You remember that Joseph of Arimathea took Jesus' body from the cross cared for it, and laid it in its own tomb. Jesus and Paul are not telling us we need to live a life of poverty. It is not the wealth we have, it's what we do with the wealth we have. It is not about the power and influence we have. It is about what we do with the power and influence we have. The good news of the gospel today is that every single day we have opportunities to show compassion to one another. We are smart, well-educated people and in comparison to the rest of the world, we are abundantly wealthy. We have power and we have influence simply because of where we live in the world. We can influence the world in big ways. We can show compassion in big ways. We can influence politics and justice systems and policies. We can sit on the board of nonprofits. We can volunteer our time and our money. We can spread compassion in this world in big, impactful ways. And we can do it in tiny little ways, too. We can make eye contact with that homeless man who sits outside the grocery store. And we can smile and say hello and offer him a piece of dignity and respect that no one else gives him. We can let somebody merge in front of us on the freeway and take a whole bunch of stress out of their day. It's tiny for you, but it's really big for them sometimes. We can offer grace and compassion to someone who is short-tempered with us because we don't know what's happening in their life in that moment. In big ways, 
And in little ways, every day, we have the opportunity to offer compassion and mercy and love to one another. And as we do that, we close that chasm between us and one another, between us and God. As we do that, we find the peace that passes understanding, the joy of eternal life in the kingdom of God. It is all right there in those moments of compassion and love. Now, so that you don't have to all ask me this at coffee hour, I will tell you how I answered the question on my date. So he asked a sneaky question, but I have a super sneaky answer because I can say, well, if I won the lottery, I'd quit my job in the software company and work full time as a priest in an Episcopal church. <laughs> and really, where do you go with that? <laughs> Thus was my answer. And I'll tell you, I have a really solid rule that I never revealed that I was clergy on the first date, but I totally broke that rule so that I could meet him with his sneaky. But I still do think that it might have been one of the most interesting questions anyone has ever asked me. Are you content with your life? And what are you willing to do about it if you're not? Thank you for listening to this week's episode on An Episcopal Sermon Podcast. May this episode inspire you to apply lessons from these teachings to your everyday life. If you found inspiration in this episode, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast through the channel of your choice and spread the word. If you would like to see the full service from which today's sermon was drawn, visit our YouTube channel linked in the show notes of this episode. If you would like to support this podcast, feel free to donate any amount to our listeners' support on Anchor or visit the donation page on our website, www.churchinalmaden.org slash donations. 